The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast at Parker. Our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So I talk a lot about how much therapy saved my life and how lucky I am to have my amazing therapist, Dr. Nay. But not everybody can get an appointment with Dr. Nay. And I really wanted to break the stigma on getting help or asking for help. So that is why I partnered with a company called online-therapy.com. They have plans that start around $30 a week, and you can get weekly therapy sessions for less than $50 a week. You can also get my 20% off code by going to my website, judgingmegan.com and you go to the therapy tab and if you click on the link at the bottom you can get 20% off your first month. Hello everyone this is Judging Megan and you are listening to Megan Judge the, the, the host of the podcast. I couldn't even remember my name for a second. Um I have a important podcast that I'm doing today, and um, I'm going to tell a story. I always start this, the podcast with something that is has somewhat of some kind of humor in it. And um, I have brought on my friend Dr. Mary Hannon on today. Um, she's, it sounds so official saying that. I've never called you Dr. Mary Hannon before. Hi, Doctor. <laughs> yeah, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Okay. 
Like when I see you, I've been friends with Mar- my friend, Mary, Dr. Mary for years. And she's awesome. She's hysterically funny, by the way, one of the funniest people I know. And um, I brought her on today to talk about my eyebrows. Um, I'm joking. I didn't really bring you on, but I wanted to start talking about um, everybody has come up with some new obsession or something during COVID, like some new hobby. My hobby and my obsession has become my eyebrows. I mean, they what look do you good. think of my eyebrows? Do my eyebrows like look good? Yeah. I spend a lot of time grooming them, combing them. I also use a really good bry, uh, bry, brow, uh, a brow gel that actually makes your eyebrows grow. I mean, that's all, that's a lot more than I do, Megan. So I, kudos to you. Well, you know, you've known me for a while. I'm a little, little bit vain, but um, I just wanted to start out with something light because we're about to talk about, I don't want to say that this is heavy, but it, it, it is because I asked Mary to come on. We were, we have been friends for a long time and um, I see a lot of stuff about masks and COVID and all of that stuff. Um, on the news or what people are saying in our community. And I just wanted to have a show where it wasn't political, it was factual. This, the mask mandate or any of the mask issues, it never, or getting your COVID shot, it never should have been political from the beginning. So um, Mary, thanks for coming on. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I think it's super important. So uh, I completely agree. And I think, you know, everything we're going to talk about and, you know, whatever we can, you can ask whatever questions and anything that I say here, there's no hidden agenda. There's no conspiracy. You know, myself and every other physician and healthcare worker, we didn't devote our lives to this field to like trick people or, you know, we, we, we're not getting any extra money. We're not, you know, in with big pharma. I mean, I've heard it all. And literally my only agenda is to keep people from getting sick from this virus, to stop admitting people to the hospital from this virus, to stop putting them on ventilators and to stop, you know, pronouncing patients dead from this virus. That's my only agenda. And that's, that goes for myself. And I can speak broadly for all you know, my physician colleagues, that's all we want at this point. And everything else, all of our own politics and beliefs and religion, like that's all checked at the door. And anything that I say here is what I'm actually seeing. I just worked three 12-hour shifts the last three days. I'll be nine to nine Saturday and Sunday. These are things that we're actually seeing, not stuff that we watch on the news or read or see on social media. These are, these are just facts. And that, that's, that's really all I think we can hope to gain by this. Well, I think that's why I brought you on because I what I what I find, and I don't know about you, is a lot of people, like if you lean one way politically, you're gonna watch one network or another, and you're or you're getting all of your news from Facebook. But when I when you and I we were texting like a week ago and You've obviously, and I hope you're okay with me talking about this because you're not the only person I know in healthcare that has struggled emotionally throughout this this past year and a half. And I think that across the board, that, that's such a common theme. I mean, it's just like, it's basically like for, for the medical field, it's like people going through uh, this big giant wave of the initial COVID, right? 
And then it's got a little better. And then there was a giant wave again and you were knocked over again. And now there's another wave, a giant wave of this new COVID um, variant, the Delta variant. So can you talk a little bit about your emotional, like what has happened to you as a doctor and, and also like, you know, nurses and people that, you know, like some stories about that, just because I really want people to understand that I'm not doing this and Mary's not doing this podcast because we're like, we're like, you know, wear a mask or whatever. These people that are saying, don't wear a mask, masks are making my kids not be able to breathe. That's not what this is about, right? Right. Yeah. I think, you know, when, when COVID first came out, no one had any idea what to expect. Right. I mean, I literally thought we were going to be shut down for two weeks and then we'll be right back into it. Right. And, and if you had told any of us back then, well, no, actually it's going to be a year and your kids won't be in school. And you know, this many number of people have died. I mean, we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to handle that. So, I mean, we went day by day and we did what we had to do to get by, right? And then when things kind of started to get good and now we're in the second wave, it's like the definition of PTSD, right? It's like, we have been here before and I can't believe we're going through it again. So that definitely takes an emotional toll. And depending on where you are in medicine, I mean, I'm ER trained. I predominantly work in urgent cares now, but, you know, I am basically a COVID doctor. I mean, that's all I do every day. I think we saw 78 yesterday. And of those seven. Let's talk about that. Sorry to talk over you and interrupt. So some of the statistics, and we obviously are in California, and it's better or worse. But right now with this Delta variant, um, they're talking about I mean, I have a daughter that's 11 years old. I can't get her vaccinated and I'm really scared. And I'm hearing stories of that. This is that kids are getting it and getting really sick. So let's talk about the numbers that you're seeing in the ER or in the, um, in the urgent care right now. Yeah. So in for Los Angeles, we are up, you know, since the beginning of this month, like 2025 fold is the most recent for both you know, people who are testing positive, people are getting sick, admissions to the hospital are up. I mean, the South, Louisiana and Florida, they're at higher rates than they have ever been. Um, you know, and I have friends in both those states and it is like ground zero. Um, so, you know, and you watch the map and I, there's a lot of good resources. I like the covidnow.com. Um, where you can see the map and you just keep seeing getting redder and redder and redder and spreading and then dark red. And so, I mean, you know, the fact that it's not like that specifically in Los Angeles now, it's just a matter of time, right? It's when, you know, how we saw the first wave go through. But yes, numbers are up. Um, You know, we are definitely having vaccinated patients test positive. That is absolutely a fact. I don't particularly like to call them breakthrough cases because the whole point of the vaccine and everything that was studied was not, do you get the virus? It is, do you get sick? Do you get admitted to the hospital? Do you go to the ICU? Do you die? So to me, a breakthrough case, a true breakthrough case is someone who is vaccinated and any one of those things happen. And those cases are exceedingly rare to this point. Like, when you say that though, so you're seeing people that are really sick, like clarify, you're seeing people that are really sick getting getting cases of COVID 
and they've been back, they've been fully vaccinated. Have they been vaccinated? The majority of the vaccinated cases that I have personally seen, they are not very sick. It is a cold, it is allergies, you name it, right? And they're actually shocked that they test positive. That's how not sick they are. Now, again, I- Are they coming into the urgent care if they're, they think- Oh, well, I mean, so now with this big second wave, right, anyone with any symptom is going to want to come in, going to want to get tested, or they were exposed, you know, or their job requires it, or they're worried that they have it and they do have unvaccinated kids. So what does that mean for quarantine? I mean, you name it. But we are definitely seeing, um, you know, vaccinated people test positive. That's a fact. Um, But they're just not that sick. The people that are the sickest are the non-vaccinated patients. And when I start to have a conversation with someone who's not vaccinated, I simply say that, and that is a absolute fact. You walk into any ICU right now in Los Angeles, no matter where, 99.9% of the people are unvaccinated. And that is a fact. And is, no matter where that, are those people like, do they have pre-existing conditions? Are they? It's across um, the board. You, it's across the board. We certainly, yeah, I mean, we certainly good? have healthy thirty-five-year-olds, no pre- pre-existing condition, unvaccinated, on ventilators. I mean, that's a fact. The kids is is a little bit different. So we are now seeing a big uptake in children testing positive, um, particularly children of the age who are not vaccinated. Um, you know, by and large, they are not as sick, but again, you could walk into any PICU and there's going to be a kid with no pre-existing conditions, you know, in an ICU because of COVID. The other big thing that, you know, we're not really hearing about is even if your kid gets a mild case of COVID, the sniffles, you know, we don't know. And I know you've had, you know, a guest on before the long-term effects of COVID. We don't know what that is in a kid yet. We, we haven't seen a ton of that yet. So how does that play out, you know? Um, so this whole notion that eh, kids don't get that sick and it's not that big of a deal, I personally, you know, don't buy into that. And I think we still are obligated to do everything we can to, you know, not have children get this. I, I spoke to somebody yesterday about this and I, it's interesting you brought up so my episode I did a while back with a long hauler named Blair Shabe, um, Blair Clark Shabe, uh, a friend of mine that has long haul like symptoms to this day from COVID. Yeah. Um, this is a year and a half. She was diagnosed very early in March when it first happened. She was one of the first people to get COVID. She's still dealing with these symptoms yeah. a year, almost a year and a half later. Are you seeing... Um, cases of long haulers, like, can you go into that? Because my the person I was talking to yesterday was like, but it's so rare where, you know, you're a long hauler. It's it's like 1%. But I want to know from a doctor what you're seeing since you're on the front lines. I mean, I'm definitely, so I haven't seen any kids with those symptoms. I'm also not a pediatrician. So um, Personally, I haven't, but I also think that's going to change, right? Because as the rates in kids go up, you know, we're going to see it. And, you know, by definition, long haulers is is time after a COVID diagnosis. So, um, but I have definitely seen plenty of adults with, with the syndrome. And, you know, to be honest, we don't, like, we do the best we can, but a lot of this stuff, we don't have a great answer for it, you know? And depending on where you are in the country, you might even not have the resources 
you know, to deal with it. And um, so, so I, I definitely see that very often. One percent sounds low to me. I mean, but um, it's definitely you know a growing trend. Okay, so so what, let's go into the into two things. Number one all of the information about masks. So I'm hearing mothers say things in, within our community, use, everyone sees it on social media, um, posts about my children, my child can't breathe. Um, like the, we don't know the long-term effects of, like, of what these masks are gonna do to their lungs. Can you kind of touch on that? Because I think that's really important because that's the, um, I've heard, I've also heard socially that kids, you know, can't, if they can't see each other's faces and see each other talk, it's, it's doing something detrimental to their, um, mental health. Um, can you touch on masks for me? Yeah. I mean, so from someone who, you know, wears an N95, I actually double mask usually for 12 hours a day, every day that I work for a year and a half. Um, I don't like it either. No one likes wearing masks, you know? Um, but there is no study to say, I mean, I have read too, you know, people say like your carbon dioxide builds up or, I mean, there's people that have run marathons and masks just to show, um, you know, it's not the most pleasant experience, but we do it all day long, you know, certainly, I mean, look at surgeons, they wear, you know, very tight fitting masks, right? For these long cases, ne never been an issue. Um, to be honest, I think the kids care less about the mask than the adults care about their kids wearing the mask. I mean, I think they're all used to it. At this point, you know, I don't know about your kids, but my kids, I mean, they just put it on. I don't hear complaining. I, I really, they're just used to it. And if it means that they can partake in something, no problem. So um, no one likes masks um, is the bottom line. But if, if that's the least that we can do to, you know, help prevent the spread, we just all need to, you know, put all of our own personal beliefs and preferences aside and just put the mask on. I mean, it's just that simple. So I'm like you. So uh, my kids are real. We've been I mean, in the beginning of COVID, we were like the family, like that was scrubbing everything down. And we've been careful throughout this whole process. Um, and and I don't have any problem with wearing a mask. Um, I don't love it like everyone else, like, you know, flying. I've flown three times since, uh, since I was vaccinated in May. And it's uncomfortable sitting on an airplane, but I just do it. And my Sophie, who you, your son and Sophie are in the same class, she is, she just like, it's an automatic thing. Yeah. Even going to the beach, I'm like, okay, Sophie, you can take totally. your mask off now. How do you feel about masks outdoors? Like for our kids? What, what do you think about I that? I mean, you know, I think that if they're outdoors and they're not, you know, um, wrestling on top of each other, I have two boys. So, you know, that happens a lot and with other, you know, obviously if they're siblings, that's one thing. I, I think it's fine to not be masked. I mean, same thing. I dropped Jack off at the beach this morning. He had his mask on, you know, and, and then once they get down the beach, they take it off. I, you know, I'm, I'm not as big of a, if they're outside, we know that there's a lot less transmission. That's a fact. And, you know, to go back to your, the mental health piece with the kids, 
I do think that there's a fine line. I, I, I really do. I mean, I, you know, I have two boys. They have not stopped playing sports through this whole thing. And for them, that is their lifeline. You take school away, you put them in a room, they Zoom all day. You know, they need an outlet. These kids need an outlet. So I am not saying, you know, everyone needs to be hermits and trapped in their house. Everyone, it's a different decision for your family. We've traveled to many, you know, tournaments, even back when California was shut down, we had to go to other states for them to play. And that was a calculated risk. And we made it as a family, you know, and when they came home, I quarantined them, honestly, you know, especially away from my parents. We took all of the necessary precautions that we could because I know how important it is for their mental health to have that, you know, so your kids can still partake in activities. You just have to do it, you know, in a smart way, not in a selfish way. And, you know, every family, it's a different calculated risk. Um, but there is definitely importance to kids' mental health and, you know, trying to keep some sense of normalcy for these kids. I mean, the whole the whole thing is we don't, I know that my oldest really struggled during COVID, being trapped in a dark her dark cave, her room, um, zooming, you know, she's a tween. Um, she started, she's got like the hormones starting, um, all of that stuff. And she really struggled mentally with being in that room. And I don't want to see this. And I know nobody wants to see these schools close again. So I think that it's kind of like, just like put the mask on. Nobody wants to wear it. Get, like my second point that I wanted to go into right now is getting vaccinated. So I'm hearing and reading because I try to read. To believe, I try to read on both sides. Yeah. Because I don't want. I think reading is really important, and not getting your news from like Facebook or all of your news from CNN or Fox News or wherever you're you're getting your information. The best way that we can, I think behave and be as human beings in this really like tumultuous time in our society is to educate ourselves like on everything that's happening, not just one side or the other. And, and I think that the, 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 the thing about the vaccinations are, I, you know, do you think I wanted, or you wanted to go get the shot in our arms and not know, you know, it's a, it wasn't authorized yet. The FDA, yeah, but you know, I tried to. I wrote down literally because you know, I wrote down the biggest vaccine myths. This is literally what I was told by patients in the last three days, and I I really want to tackle each one because I think there is so much misinformation out there. It is overwhelming, and let's face it: if you've decided you're not going to get the vaccine, you can go on any social media, news outlet, and you can find a reason, right? So if you've already made your mind up and you're just trying to like, you know, latch on to something, then I, I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do in that scenario. But, but I do try to now really educate people and anyone who's not vaccinated, I do ask them, it, you know, if they wouldn't mind telling me why not. And if there's a particular hesitancy and these are the top reasons, um, So number one, the vaccine was rushed. Okay. So, and it's not, you know, fully condoned or uh, by the FDA. So a couple of things to keep in mind. COVID-19 is a new strain of coronavirus. Coronavirus has been around for a long time. 
So we, we are not brand new to this virus. We are brand new to the strain. Same thing with these mRNA vaccines. That is not a new technology. That has been around. Um, and because we know about coronavirus and because we know about mRNA vaccines, that's why we were able to develop these vaccines very quickly. The other reason why it went very quickly is because we were in the middle of pandemic. There's a lot of people that had COVID. So we were able to test large groups of patients, which is you know unprecedented by a lot of other diseases. Every clinical step, all the clinical trials were the same. It's just the entire process was you know, expedited. There was a lot of money poured into it immediately. It just, it was jump-started and expedited. It, what, we didn't skip major, huge clinical steps. So I just, I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, the other big topic that a lot of women bring up is fertility, getting pregnant you know, I'm doing IVF or I want to get pregnant. And so, you know, um, this has been established by, you know, the American College of Gynecology and Obstetrics. They have formally come out, IVF, you know, they have formally said that there is absolutely no link between infertility and the vaccine. Um, this, the whole myth started again on social media that the, there's a protein on the placenta, not to get super technical, but there's a protein on the placenta that helps the placenta grow that it got out in the media that was similar to the spike protein on the, on the virus. So that if you get the vaccine, it's going to attack this protein on the placenta. It's just not true. It's, it's just false. So, um, to interrupt you, but I, I want to say the other side of what I've heard. I have heard um, from, I know somebody that got one vaccine and then she had a, um, ovarian cyst burst and she believes that the one vaccine was connected to it. I also, and I'm just telling you both sides, this is stuff that I've heard because it's all over the internet. So I want to be clear on this. And then in my own head, as a mother of two little girls, I freaked out going, well, they don't have enough research on this. Do I really want my my 11 year old and my seven year old to get this vaccination when I, I mean, someday they're going to want to have kids. So that is something very common that is being said. And I think that people really believe that. So can you, and and I, and I hear it every single day, every day, every shift, but I I really then do. And I try to do this in in a nice way. I mean, what's the data? Show it to me. Where is it? I mean, literally, this can all be traced back um, to a uh, this this kind of social media post and this. So there is absolutely no data. I will tell you what there is data on: pregnant women getting COVID. I've and seen get, that. So talk yes. about that. Pregnant yeah, women so they now. can get very very sick, and and you know we there's terrible cases out there you know, preterm labor and COVID, um, you know, it, it, it's, so, so there is real data on that. There's, there's now they're starting to do data on autopsies um, of men who have been infected with COVID and they find the virus, you know, in the, in their sperm and in the testicles. And it, and it does, they believe that getting COVID can also affect your fertility. So if you are really worried about your fertility and having children, I just, I think it's a no brainer to get the vaccine. Um, there's been nothing else shown. There's no, I mean, ovarian cysts, you can have ovarian cysts rupture any given day of the week. 
Pfizer did have um, an arm of the study of pregnant women. Um, and one woman did have a miscarriage. She got, she had a placebo. She didn't even get the vaccine. Women have miscarriages all the time, right? So to make a direct correlation without any data and it's just anecdote and it's just stories is dangerous. Um, what about, what about the, the, the information? Like I personally have a friend that's, uh, had a friend pass away got the COVID shot. And then there's people saying, well, they died because of the COVID shot. What do you know about that? I mean, there's no, there's no, um, you know, there's no documented case, a hundred percent of getting the COVID vaccine and death. You know, let me be clear. Anytime you get anything into your body, there is a risk. There is no perfect thing in medicine. Every single thing in medicine, we are constantly balancing risk benefit, right? And so, you know, you need to be educated about it. But I mean, we sure know there's, I mean, I've lost count how many deaths from COVID, right? So you need to, you know, a a couple of other things I just want to hit on before we forget. So this whole thing about myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, particularly in teenage athletic boys, right? So, I mean, I happen to have one of those at my house. So before I got him vaccinated, I read every study on this in every paper. I didn't just, you know, sign him up. I I mean, I really did try to educate myself. The most recent paper is out of Harvard, a thousand cases of myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart, which by the way, you can see after any viral illness, and we do, this does not new with COVID. You can see it to a much larger degree after COVID. Um, and so a thousand cases have been documented, particularly in adolescent, teenage, young 20 year old boys, particularly athletic. Um, there's really, they're all, you know, mild cases. Um, someone did the math. So your, your kid has a higher likelihood of being struck by lightning than getting myocarditis after the vaccine. Again, the risk is not zero. The risk is a thousand cases out of, you know, several million. So it's close to zero, but it's not zero. And for me, again, what's the risk of my kid getting COVID, you know, spreading it to my parents, um, having long haulers after it. I mean, to me, it's very straightforward, but, um, but that's another big one that I hear. The last one that I hear all the time is I've had COVID, so I don't need to get the vaccine. Um, so a couple of things about that. We, you know, when the, when COVID first came out and then we were able to check the antibodies on patients, a lot of patients would come in and get their antibodies checked. And I saw patients. So, you know, the thought is that if you have COVID and you still have the natural immunity and your antibodies against it, then you can't get COVID again. The problem with that is you have no idea unless you're literally checking every day when your antibodies are going to go away. So I've seen patients that they have no antibodies, you know, two and a half, three months later. And I've seen people that still have antibodies nine months later. And you have no way of knowing which one you're going to be. The other thing is, I have, I mean, I have seen plenty of patients have COVID multiple times. So this whole idea that you've had COVID once, you can never get it again, is completely um, inaccurate. Have you seen people have COVID multiple times and gotten really sick and passed away? Um, Yes. You have. Okay. See, that's important for people to, to know because I have had conversations 
with people that have been like exactly what you're saying. I've already had COVID. It wasn't that bad. Or I was was asymptomatic. I will tell you something. My aunt, I just lost my aunt several months back and she was, she was in her eighties or she was like 81. I think when she passed away, um, she was my father's older sister and she was in a nursing home forever and was uh, in a wheelchair, couldn't walk. She had COVID. They tested her in the nursing home and she was asymptomatic. So my point is you just never know. And I just wanted to like really talk about that again without, I'm not trying to sound preachy, but just like being a human being and caring about other human beings. Uh, I interviewed somebody this week that son um, had cancer and um, I was thinking about, well, he like, let's say he was of age where he couldn't get the COVID vaccination because he was in chemotherapy and I was in asymptomatic and I was just in a room with him in a restaurant, not wearing a mask. Do mm-hmm. people that are not able to get the vaccination because they're sick or they have, you know, are those people, do they not have the right to leave their homes? Are they just supposed to stay inside? You know, yeah. I mean, I think that we all really need to, um, I, I understand every, I feel the same way. You feel the same way. None of us want to wear masks anymore, but it's kind of like, I'm going to go into the grocery store because how do I know the guy standing next to me wasn't just diagnosed with something and is it as going through chemotherapy and he had to run out to the grocery store to get bread or something for his family. And because I've heard the the arguments of like, well, if they're sick, maybe they should stay home. Maybe they can't stay yeah. home. You know, maybe yeah. they, they're by themselves. Maybe it's just about really honestly doing the moral and right thing. And again, I know I sound preachy, but I just, I want people before they, they say, you know, I don't want to wear a mask. It's my right. Maybe think twice before you say something like that, because it could have, you, you never know if it's your kid that was diagnosed with cancer down the line and, and they're in, having chemo and, you know, you're the one that son can't get the COVID shot. You know, I just yeah. kind of wanted to say that. I think that that's all very valid. And I think we need to stop approaching this as what are my individual rights. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, this is not an individual problem, unfortunately. This is a public health pandemic. And I think if we could just get people to step outside of that mentality, and you know, maybe you're not getting vaccinated for you, maybe you're getting vaccinated for your aunt or for your nine-year-old who can't get vaccinated. I mean, now they're saying the number one thing you can do for young children who can't get vaccinated is to vaccinate everyone in the house that you can't. That's how you protect them. That's the best we can do. Although I do think, I mean, it sounds like they're gonna, the vaccine for the younger kids is gonna come out soon. So, but, uh, you know, just stop looking inward and, and look outward. And, you know, it's just, I, I just think that that's overall the problem with how we're approaching um, this, this go around. It's very interesting. When the first outbreak hit, there was a lot of support. I feel like we kind of united, you know, um, there was a lot of support for healthcare workers and, 
I mean, you know, we had food every day. Megan uh, serenaded me on the way to work, you know, <laughs> the Turner style, yeah, her, right? Tina Turner. Did. Right. Yeah. 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 There was a lot, there was a lot. And, and it was, you know, it got us through it this time around. It's a whole different mentality. There's a lot and how, of, and how is that for you? Cause we touched on it in the beginning of the show, but what is that like, Mary? I mean, I know that I've hooked you up with the, the, and I hope you're okay. I can edit this out if you're not with my amazing therapist, Dr. Nay. Yeah. Mentally, I mean, you, you guys must, like we touched on that you have PTSD from this. Um, I've heard hospitals in the Los Angeles area are giving bonuses for nurses um, yeah. just because so many healthcare workers, you know, people are quitting. They can't do it. And the yeah. thing is, another thing that I wanted to point out is, say you're, you're, you don't believe in the vaccine, you don't want it in your body, you think it's a hoax, you think it's all of the things like that you have is stuck in your head. But another point is, it's getting so bad that if you broke your arm, okay, and you needed to go into the ER, well, guess what? You're not going to be able to to get help. I mean, it's about to get, it's getting that bad again. If you look at the, do you some of the like latest stats in Los Angeles? Um, I mean, so our IC, you know, the other thing is like the stats, I I do kind of look at them, but you know, it's the reporting is, is a little difficult. So I, I think the latest was that we were at like 70 some percent capacity ICU beds in Los Angeles. Um, That's a really good point is that, you know, we have people and we saw this the first time around, people were definitely afraid to go to the hospital, they didn't want to get COVID. So they had their strokes and their heart attacks at home. And that didn't end well. Um, And even if they do go to the hospital, um, you know, there are no beds, there are literally no beds. I think I sent you that link from a medical director down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, pleading with people, please we have no beds. If you come into this hospital, there is nowhere to put you. And people think that that's made up and it's not, it's not. And Los Angeles has been there before and we're on track to go there again. So that you're right. If you do break your arm, if you do have a heart attack, if you do have all of these things, you know, that we can readily take care of you in an emergency room. Now we can't because we have no staff, we have no beds. And, and that's, you know, that's a scary place to be. Um, and, you know, to, to speak about healthcare workers, I mean, it is very hard to put in 12 hours a day, every single day and see all these people and get, you know, cursed at, um, get, are, and are, believe people, me, are people cursing at you guys? Uh, yes. <laughs> just yesterday, actually. And let me just say, let me just say, you know, yeah, I, okay. I, I trained in the Bronx and I am a tough cookie and it's not the first time I've been cursed at, you name it, right? So that's, that part is fine. But I, I, you know, the fact is that if you choose not to get vaccinated and then you get COVID and then you're sick and then you come in, right? You know, we have to, we take care of you. That, that wasn't my choice, right? But we take care of you because that's why we went into this profession and then there's a no judgment zone, right? But at the same time, you know, you then can't get angry at me if we start to discuss, you know, why you're not vaccinated or what, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of people who are very angry right now. And there's such a division now between people who are vaccinated and people who are not. Um, 
I mean, it's a really, it's an interesting case study in psychology, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, it's tough. And I do know a lot of people in medicine, I mean, you know, physician mental health and suicide rates are through the roof, as is with, you know, all mental health going through this. So, um, you know, I feel fortunate because I have a great support system, both, you know, with physicians and with my friends and certainly my family, but not everyone has that, you know, and it is important to reach out um, if it's overwhelming, because if it's not overwhelming, you're not a human. And unfortunately, you know, we're taught through medical school to, you know, be stoic and to be, you know, not emotional and to sort of lead the ship. And, and that's sort of how we're taught. And you can only do that for so long. So, you know, just, just have some compassion you know, there might be a wait, you might go and guess what, there might be a two hour wait to see a doctor, but we're doing the best we can. And, and, you know, we want to treat everyone adequately. So don't complain about the wait time. I mean, I, believe me, if I can well, see you. Well, that's, I, I mean, that's piggybacking on what we just talked about. You're getting so pat, like this is happening again. And there is a wait time and people are mad. I've also heard stories about people being at the very end, uh, dying and and not believing that they're dying of COVID. They don't believe it. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, it's sometimes I, I wonder, I just, I want, I mean, this is the thing. I don't know if you remember this. I'm, you obviously do when September 11 happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we all as Americans, I remember driving my car. I re- everyone will remember if you were old enough to remember this, where you were when September 11th happened. Um, what, like the exact way you felt. And then for the week after, weeks, months after, I remember everybody was so kind to each other. Yeah. People had American flags. You would be driving and someone would be like, go ahead. And yeah. Travel. Um, yeah. And we were just proud of ourselves as a country to, 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 to be like Americans. And I was so proud to be American. And I always yeah. have been, honestly, my whole life. And lately, I just feel, I feel sad because I feel like what's happening to us? This isn't who we are. And we shouldn't be divided on something where it should be so important for us to band together put a stupid piece of cloth on your face, go in the grocery store, get your groceries, walk out, take the piece of cloth off. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's not you, that hard. You know, like go, going on an airplane and attacking flight attendants because yeah. you don't want a piece of cloth on your face, like attacking doctors, attacking like people at, like at the, ch- at the grocery store. I've talked to people in Lazy Acres, shout out Lazy Acres. It's my favorite grocery store. I love them. Um, you know, they'll tell me stories about uh, that somebody won't wear a mask in the store and they'll get screamed at and they don't know what to do. This isn't yeah. what, as a, what we're about as a country. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not. It shouldn't be. It, it really shouldn't be. And I think I, the only way that I can explain it is the people who I know, I mean, we know, we, we know people in our town and, and certainly across the country who, you know, fit into this uh, circle of people who, you know, don't want to mask and don't want their children to mask and aren't vaccinated. I just feel like if they could put a face on it, if they could actually see what we're seeing, 
because these are good people. I mean, I, you know, I think they would change their mind. And I think because us as physicians and, and nurses and everyone in healthcare, we put a face on it. We, we, we've seen these patients. It's something tangible to us. It's not a news report. It's not someone getting fired up and, you know, our constitutional rights and all this. It, it has a face to it. And, and, you know, I've said this to you before, I wish that I could take every single one of those people and just do a little field trip to the ICU. Number one, guaranteed they wear a mask. Number two, when you see the faces of these patients, no matter how old they are, no matter if they have pre-existing conditions, you know, I think it would change your heart. I really do. I would hope it would. You know, that this is not the way that they could, I know it's against the law, but it's like, you can't, this whole thing is almost, it's almost like this weird, like Oz where people don't believe that it's the people that don't believe that it's real make up stories. Like, do you know anyone that's had COVID and died? I mean, somebody says, oh yeah, like, I don't know anybody. And, and I know my sister had it and it was a cough and she was fine. Um, but you just, like we've talked about in the beginning, you don't know, like everybody's body is different. You don't yep. know how you're going to react to anything. And like, like to go back to the polio vaccine, you know, like it's very different, but it's also like people got vaccinated and it saved their lives. And it comes down to, you might not know the faces of the 600,000 plus people that have died, but that's 600,000 people. And it's somebody's mother and somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's grandmother, grandfather. I, I just think, again, I'm on my stupid pulpit that I like to get up on. But think about it that way. Like if this was my mom who happens to live in Florida and I get really nervous about it because Florida is so um, yeah. obviously not careful right now. Um, my mom's been vaccinated but she was vaccinated in the very beginning. So I do worry about her not wearing a mask. I don't yeah. want to lose my mom. I've already yeah. lost my dad when I was 13. I want my mom to be around. She's healthy. She's in her seventies, knock on wood. Like that's all I'll say on that. I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I, again, it goes back to, um, we need to stop looking inward. We need to, for a minute, not be selfish. And, you know, if there's a chance that a mask can reduce transmission, if there's a chance that the vaccine, there's more than a chance. I mean, we've seen it now, but I mean, just what if they do work? You know what I mean? What if they do work? And by the way, they do. But I, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable to me um, that, you know, people are just in this mentality that they're, they're not. You know, it's a very self-centered mentality. And, you know, um, in addition to all those people, you know, who have passed away, plenty of physicians and nurses and in healthcare have passed away taking care of patients. You know, um, a lot of people, particularly in New York, um, you know, have gone through that. And so what do you say to them who show up every single day to be there to take care of patients and by definition, they are at risk and they contract the virus and they pass away. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you know, everyone's affected by COVID. Everyone's job is affected by COVID. Very few people, you know, have to actually take care of COVID patients every single day. So 
if you don't want to wear a mask for you, fine. You don't want to wear it, you know, you don't want to do it, but do it for them. I mean, I, I just, I can't understand this mentality, you know, because you are going to need doctors one day. I mean, right. You are going to break your arm. Things are going to happen. We need people in healthcare to be around to take care of us. And, you know, um, I just, it's beyond me why people won't do the right thing. And also, I mean, the two of us, and I openly talk about being spiritual on this podcast and um, Catholic and, you know, I go through my ups and downs and I'm sure our uh, uh, father, I won't say his name, but our priest would not be very happy with me because I have not been at mass lately, but I'm working, working through that. Um, Okay. As a moral issue, it's really, what is the, what is the main thing in life? Or if you're Christian or whatever you believe in Buddhist, like love thy neighbor or honor, what is it? I should know this. It's one of the commandments. Um, Love thy neighbor like yourself. Love thy neighbor like yourself. And, you know, I, I, I mean, for me, my faith has been, that's, you know, aside from my family, my support, that has absolutely got me through it. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, we, we, our community in, in a lot of ways is so special to have, you know, that sort of support. And, you know, our priest is amazing. And, you know, he's in his eighties. I just want to touch on this when people say, um, we don't know people or I don't know anybody that's almost died of COVID. I can tell you firsthand that Mary took care of like, you know, our, our leader, our Monsignor at our church that everybody loves so much. He's like our, he's like our rock in our community. And yeah. we were devastated when he, he, he almost died. Um, he got pretty, he got pretty sick. And the thing to know about his course is, I think it was day 15 that he got sick, you know, mm-hmm. so he was doing really well and then took a turn. And so that can happen too. You know, again, you can have the sniffles and have mild symptoms on day one and day 15 might be very different. So, um, but yeah, I mean, watching him go through it, he got it very early on. That was very, you know, humbling. I mean, you see this man who means the world to so many people you know, um, that was hard. And it was, and it was, and it was, um, and he pulled through. Yeah. Um, but there's other people that I know in our community that did not, I mean, granted they were older, but the whole thing is this variant is changing and evolving. And again, something else I wanted to touch on is there's new variants that are going to form yep. and we don't know what's going to happen. So the best way to get armed to deal with all of these variant variants is to just get vaccinated. I heard today that 50% of the American population has been vaccinated. So I heard that on the news. I did yeah. hear it on a certain network. So I want to read up <laughs> on that. And don't quote me on that. Yeah, no, that I, that's about what I have read. Okay. I mean, there is disparity, right? So so the states that are getting hit the hardest, particularly Louisiana, like has the lowest vaccination rates. They're, they're actually, the good news is, you know, with all these pleas, um, they're, they're seeing a big uptake in vaccination rates. But again, you know, the, and that's great. And the more people we can get vaccinated, I convinced someone yesterday to get vaccinated. It was like the highlight of my week. What um, did you say? How did you convince them? We just sort of talked through it. I mean, just kind of like how we're talking through it now. And yeah. 
She told me her concerns and, you know, just very calmly, we addressed all of them. And, um, you know, she, she said, well, but I've heard people who are vaccinated who are getting it. So what's the point? And we talked about that. You know, the other thing that you're, that you mentioned about the variants, it's, it's very important to note. So yeah, there's the Delta variant. Now there's this Lambda variant. There's going to be just like the flu, right? There's, there's all these variants. But what we do know is that this virus, like every virus, likes to infect and mutate. It's going to mutate in an unvaccinated person. So the more people we have that don't have the vaccine on board, the more likelihood that this virus is going to get stronger and mutate, you know, to a point where we don't want it to go. So that's another sort of push that we know how viruses behave and, and, you know, their host, their most favorite host is someone that doesn't have a vaccine on board and that's where they can do the most damage and mutate and change. So so I'm just going to say this one other thing really quickly, because um, you brought up that point. When I was pregnant, I, I never got, I mean, I get it now, but I would never get the flu shot. I was one of those people that I was like, I, you know, I don't want to get the flu shot. Like, what's the point? I, I don't trust it. I, I don't believe in it. I was, I did feel that way. I really did. And I would say, yeah. you know, it would be like, oh, I know people that have gotten the flu shot and then they just get sicker. They get sick anyways. And when I was pregnant, my, my beloved uh, doctor, Dr. Suriel, who I love, delivered both my babies. She was like, Megan, you need to get the flu shot. And I had never gotten it before. And I remember being like, but I don't, I don't, why would I put that into my body? Yeah. With my baby. And she's like, well, because, and like all the reasons. So it's kind of a similar thing. It's like, yeah, we don't, we never know. You don't know. You could walk off of a curb tomorrow or today <laughs> and get hit by a car. But like all the things that we've talked about, if we haven't convinced you or you have questions or you think like the farm, Mary, are you getting kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies? Like, right. You know, there's like all this stuff about, um, that it's all about money. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and the, money, what I say to people, yeah. you know, it's much easier for me to walk into a room and say, oh, you're here for a COVID test. Great. Oh, you're not vaccinated. Perfect. Okay. Here's the bat. Here's the test. This is how you get your results. Bye. Right. Do you know how much more it takes to go in and sit down with a patient? right? It not only time, but you're kind of putting yourself out there because people do get very upset with me. Um, you know, that you even brought it up, like heaven forbid, they feel like it's insulting and that it's an invasion of privacy. I've had people, patients tell me that it's none of my business, whether they're vaccinated and that they don't have to tell me, you know, when they're here for a vaccine, for a COVID test with symptoms, you know, and I'm their physician. So, but my point is that, you know, it shows that we care. I mean, if we're spending the time to go through everything, you know how much easier it would be for me to be in and out, you know, especially when there's a line out the door and we're seeing, you know, hundreds of patients, but I'm not going to do that. I am going to ask you, I am always going to be open to talk to people. And if people absolutely won't change their mind, I mean, listen, we're all grown adults. There's nothing I can do, but I want to be that resource for patients. And I want to, and sometimes just bringing it up, showing that you care enough to bring it up and talk about it will change their mind like the woman yesterday, you know? So I will always do that um, and risk, you know, it doesn't matter. I've been called every name in the book, so I don't so really care. Guys know too, Mary is, um, Mary's 
pretty t- a tough lady and she has worked in ERs in like gang territory and yeah. had like shootings, like, like, like gang members, like yell at her. This is not like some little, right. like withering little doctor that is like not afraid to speak her mind. She's right. always going to speak her mind. I just wanted to point that out. So people Thank understand. You, Megan. You're giving me, you're giving me like street cred now. Thank you. you I, I, I you always have street cred with me. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. And I, it's interesting because I have been in those populations and now I'm more in our community, right? In South Bay. And uh, it's interesting because I don't know, there's days that, um, you know, uh, that community can be way more challenging than, you know, inner city gang life, right? Sometimes, or, you know, yeah, uh, I go back and forth between, um, you know, which is more challenging community. And that's a, that's a whole nother show, but yeah, um, I do a whole podcast about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful that you came on today and I think this, I hope that people, somebody, people are listening. I hope that my listeners don't get offended. If you do get offended by this conversation, I I don't really know what to say. I don't believe my listeners will be offended by this. It should never have been number one political from the very beginning. I care about my friend. I don't want to see my friend leave medicine or text me saying like, I need to talk to your your therapist. I think about all the doctors and nurses that are going through PTSD and mental challenges, or, you know, it's just, it's a piece of cloth, put it on your face. We want our kids to be in school. I don't, I can't, none of us can go through like economically, you know, people, the people are still out of the workforce. People can't pay rents. The people that are supposed to be able to get their rent checks to pay for their properties aren't getting paid. Like our economy can't go through this again. And it's a simple, it's a simple thing of putting a piece of cloth on your face, um, being respectful of each other. If you do have symptoms of COVID, COVID-like symptoms, get tested. I'm hearing stories about people not wanting the numbers to be inflated. It does, you're doing what's right for, for everyone as a community. And, um, and if, this continues to rise. I don't know. Like our school is going to get closed again. We can't go through this again. So put the mask on, go get vaccinated, um, get your, talk to your neighbor, tell your neighbors to get vaccinated. It's really, really, really important. And I hope that you listen to this podcast and you just listen. Cause that, that's why I specifically wanted a, a real doctor to come on. Um, and honestly, like I changed my mind about getting my girls vaccinated. I was very nervous about my 11 year old and my seven year old getting vaccinated. And now I'm like, you know what, what if one of them had it and they spread it to somebody else and that, that killed that person. I I wouldn't want, I don't want that on my conscience. And I don't really think as people, especially if you listen to my podcast, cause they're all about trauma and you know, different stories. Mary is a trauma survivor. This is a form of trauma. She she has PTSD from it. And these are doctors and nurses that are putting their lives, their families on the line to try and save us. So let's try and save them as well. Mary, thank you so much for coming on. Anytime.
Glad I love you. I love you, my little friend. Also, just little shout out to Britney Spears. Mary's a really big. Yeah, really Britney, big if you're listening, if you're listening, Brittany. I'm here. <laughs> I mean, on a, on a light note, like, do you think Britney's going to be okay? Like, I'm you know so what? I think Britney is laughing all. I think Britney's got it all figured out. You know, yeah. these Instagram posts. I don't know. I think she's putting on a show. I think she's smarter than a lot of people think. And I'm always going to be your number one fan. And I, I really, I want her to get back out on tour. I got to be Brittany, front row again. Brittany, you're listening. Brittany, call me. If you need any, if you want to talk about COVID vaccines, I'm here all day long. All right. Well, Dr. Mary Hannon, I had to say it again because I wanted you to sound really official. I really appreciate your time. I love you. You're a good friend. You're a good lady. Keep going. What's my, what's the end of my podcast? I, I, it's still early. Keep, (laughs) keep, keep living, keep praying and keep growing. Thanks, Mayor. Cheers. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store.
our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.